0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What's up, guys? Tambo here with our week two NFL core report. Week two was a monster for our experts with many on the Tua stack in that Baltimore-Miami and game stack, but nobody was higher on the Miami-Baltimore game stacks than our guy, Big T himself. Tony's player pool, available to premium members, focused primarily on the Baltimore shootout as well as the Commanders-Lions game, adding in high-scoring wide receivers including Amon Ross St. Brown being in his core plays. Tony had a nice day, profiting over $83,000, and our members followed suit, dominating the slate in Week 2. Nadesify hit for $1K on FanDuel. Jacob Stubbs won $4,800 on FanDuel. Trev hit for $10,000 on FanDuel. And Chimo had another monster day, shipping over $100,000. The biggest hit of the day, though, came from one of our members, Racer1A, who shipped over $150,000 on DraftKings. If you're not subscribed to our content, what are you even thinking? Go over to our Run Pure Sports YouTube page right now and subscribe, and go visit our homepage at runpuresports.com to sign up for our premium content. Our members consistently crush. Congrats to all those that shared their screenshots this week. There were too many to feature them all, but drop yours in our Members Never Win channel in Discord for a chance at a future shout-out. Until next week, good luck in your contest, and let's keep running pure.
0: Winners. I'm looking forward to it. As always, we got Mangone from the DFS side. He's a bet's guy too. We got Spread from the Bet Side. He's DFS Guy 2. And uh, Holden, hold it, of course, hanging out with you. Before we get this show started, happy birthday to Uncle T. He might tell you today that he's 47. It's complete bullshit. Uh, he's at least 52, possibly 53 today. Uh, spread a stare. We'll join the old guy's pod again tonight, and once again be the youngest member. Of the podcast, but today we got to talk some betting. We got to talk some DFS. Let's bring one Travis Mangone in here today, enjoying the wonderful weather here in Denver. Nice and cool today. We've got some football weather, Mangone. We got Buffalo, Miami, Kansas City, Indy. These are the games we'll be talking about. Philly, Washington, Detroit, Minnesota, Rams, Cardinals, Thursday night football, too. What is the highlight
2: of the week three slate for you, Mr. Mangone? The highlight of the week three slate. Uh, I think the thing that sticks out to me is uh, Miami and Buffalo like that. That's going to be a fun time, right? I mean, we got two of the best teams in the league going up against each other, it feels like, at least as we're overreacting to the first two weeks. So, uh, yeah, uh, it should be a fun game. uh, And uh, I'm sure people will be talking about it DFS-wise as well.
0: Uh, Holden from the nerd side, says Uncle Z. (laughs) 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 Happy 53rd, buddy. All right, uh, spread a stare. You've been breaking things down with the playbook over there on the bet side. Before we get into this whole uh, shabingus with these games, we are starting with that Buffalo Miami game. I'm, I'm. Uh, what do they call it? It's six to six to noon, is what it would be, I suppose. Very excited about that game. But spread, you guys debuted a new playbook this year. What's going on on the bet side, my friend? Oh yeah, the playbook has been going great. Uh, You know, so what
3: we do is we get in there, I run a numerical model. It's going to give you a projection. Uh, So if Tyler, I, JJ, the Facts Man, we don't have a pick on a game, but you still want to get action down, uh, you'll see what we projected it at and which way we lean, even if we didn't make it an official play on the spreadsheet. And then Tyler goes through and adds a bunch of game notes. I go over those with him, and he kind of gives reasoning uh, for the reasons we attack these props. So even if you're a DFS player and you don't bet, the playbook is chock full of information about specific individual matchups that you can use to build your lineup. So it's not just a betting tool, it's a tool for everybody. And so far we've been really excited with the results.
0: Uh, I've been very excited with my results in DFS. Mangone helping me out, Hoop, Tambo, Big T, JSU, all the big guns. Uh, give me some really good plays. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Cranky Fallic over here. Thanks for getting me on to, to uh, Drake London last week because that definitely – helped some of my lineups as well give us a like you get a chance uh we got a very good audience last week looking for these numbers to go up too. helps us with an algorithm i don't know what an algorithm is just hit the like button and things will work out well for you okay let's get into this game we'll start uh you know what we'll go to the bet side like we normally do buffalo six point favorites on the road 52 and a half 53 is the total here spread uh, this is the game of the week. I wish it was the Sunday night game to be perfectly honest with you, but Josh Allen Tua, do you expect the dolphins to open things up like they have to start the season?
3: Yeah. What an impressive game. And when I talk about this Miami team holding, you might as well just call me Luigi because I'm wearing the L uh, Travis got me last did. week in, in the Ravens Miami matchup. So of course, uh, you know, I will, uh, own up to it, give Travis his credit. In the third quarter, I was thinking I was going to be taking my credit, right? I was already stretching out for that victory lap. They're up by three touchdowns. And so the thing is, this isn't beating a team New England that I wasn't that high on at home where New England's traditionally struggled, right? they never played well in Florida. They went into Baltimore and beat a very good defense on the road. So Uh, You, I don't think it's arguable anymore. Uh, This offense is for real. Uh, The scheme that McDaniel has these guys playing is for real. But the thing is they come up (laughs) against the toughest team in the league. When Tyler and I were working on the playbook yesterday, we were talking about the Titans and the Rams and how our numbers are so low on them. And I said that any team that plays Buffalo is going to be mathematically skewed right now because Buffalo is so good. They're just putting a hurt uh, on these teams um so I don't want to go against Miami again um and, and Tyler and I are actually opposite here but I ran the numbers and I have this game coming out uh under the total um so uh, on on the playbook we, we bumped it up a little to put Tyler's projections in there as well uh but I originally had this game going under and that's where I'm going to go I know that the Miami offense uh left absolutely fantastic Uh, And the Buffalo offense has been unstoppable here, but that's combining to give us a total. uh, It opened at 53. It's going to continue to go up all week. You continue to wait. I would bet that Saturday night or Sunday morning, it might get all the way to 55. And I'm going to go under on this game. Uh, Just with the idea in these divisional matchups, all it takes is for one lull in scoring, uh, you know, red zone turnover, missed field goals, things of that nature, and this game goes under. So I like the under in this game. Uh, I'm staying away from the side because I don't want to – because I like the Bills. My numbers like the Bills. The numbers are going to love the Bills with what they've done in the first two games so far. But I don't want to step against Miami again, right? I don't want to have to be wearing my Luigi outfit uh, next week on this show. So, uh, congrats to Travis. I'm not stepping in front of Miami. I'm taking the under.
0: All right, let's go, Travis. If Gabe Davis is back this week and he missed last week with an ankle injury, I will say there's one, two, three, four – Super elite wide receiving options in this game. Um, you would think it's going to be a very popular game to stack. Let's start with the quarterback position. Would you lean toward starting Tua? Because I think he'd have lower ownership than Josh Allen. What do you want to do? A quarterback here, and then obviously getting into wide receiver and the other skill positions, man, going.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, spread. I was a little nervous uh, going into the uh, fourth quarter of that game. I was like, ah, a I little gonna... nervous. I had to fire a tweet off like early, uh, you know, and say my congrats. But uh, you know, my my boy McDaniel's didn't let me down. I mean, your boy Harborough, what, he's got that Harvard guy right that helps him with his like analytics and stuff like that. My guy McDaniel's, he's from Yale University. He don't need no one to tell him the analytics. He got it done himself. So, uh, but. I think it's a great bounce back spot for the Ravens. Like absolutely great, great spot for the, for them. Um, Do you think that overall it's going to be a team that uh, we want to like target uh, a little bit here, Uh, but the Dolphins, they're definitely going to be a team that I have a lot of interest in. Um, I think that I'm going to want to play them a bunch DFS wise. I mean, Tua is going to be, uh, we should talk about him ownership wise, right? Tua is going to be, I mean, six, six point, I think he's 6.1 K. I believe on this late. Is that correct? Holden.
0: Yeah. Tua. Yeah. Very cheap.
2: Yeah, very cheap. And the thing about Tua that I really, really, really like is his price tag is going to be cheap enough where if you play some of these other guys, right, like this is this is the struggle that I had in DFS last week. And I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt about it. But when I built lineups, if you played Lamar Jackson, um, I always felt like I was playing like Mark Andrews ran back. And I know Mark Andrews ended up being on the winner and separated and was a difference maker. But I kind of noticed that I was already spending up on Devonte Adams. And I was trying to figure out what was the stack around it that I wanted to put. And I just couldn't make the Lamar thing work. Um, and I don't want a little bit of a tangent here, but I think it's important to mention that when you play Tua, his price tag at 6-1 isn't the price tag of these other studs on this slate where it's going to allow you to make this stack easier. I mean, look at the price tag on Josh Allen, who's in this game, great option at 8-2. But if you plug in Josh Allen, you plug in Gabe Davis and you plug in Stefan Diggs, it's a lot more expensive than going Tua, Waddle, and Hill. And you don't have to go both. You can just go like a skinny stack. You need to go Tua with Waddle and then pair it up with Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs, depending on if Gabe Davis plays. But the point I'm getting at here is it's a $2,000 difference between Josh Allen and uh, Tua. And if Tua doesn't break the slate last week at his price tag, I would have been very curious to see, is Lamar Jackson on the winning lineup with the 42 DK points or... Do we have Carson Wentz who got like 32 DK points as the winner for about, I don't know, like, what was it? Like maybe like $1,800 less. I I wish we knew. I wish I could like run that simulation and see, but obviously Tua broke it. People are going to be on this game. I think it's going to be one of the more popular games. This total opened at 51 and a half. Now it's at 53 and a half. And everyone's going to gravitate towards those guys, right? Tua, Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and Gabe Davis. They're all going to be in play. Uh, Dawson Knox should be mentioned. I think he's a really good tight end option that you could pair up to make things cheaper. If you want to go Josh Allen with Dawson Knox instead of a Gabe Davis with your Stefan Diggs, that's a $2,000 discount. That might be able to help make things work. And you don't have to worry about the tight end position as much. And if you are saying, I watched Monday Night Football and I saw this dude named Gilliam getting involved a lot more, I wouldn't worry about that. When you're kind of beating a team up that bad. When you know you have that team's number, you let some other guys get involved, right? That's just kind of how it works. I I think- Dawson Knox is the guy. I know he was dealing with an injury, I think a little bit during the game too. So it made sense not to just like, you know, sling it to him there. This is going to be a big game for sure. Uh, A game that I know the the bills are going to be kind of making sure that they get that w for. They're going to be using all their plays and it should be a fun one. Uh, I'm definitely going to consider it DFS wise, but I want to see what the ownership is going to be because again, there are some tough price tags on these guys where it could make it difficult. Like if I plug in right now, Josh Allen, I plug in Stefan Diggs, and let's just plug in Tyreek Hill or we'll, we'll do Waddle just because he's cheaper. He's 6.8 K. And I do think that Waddle will be the guy that people gravitate towards, not because he had like such a great game, mainly because of that price difference. And people are going to feel like, oh, there's not a huge difference between them. So maybe that discount could be interesting. But if you plug all three in, you're at 4,500 for all of your spots, right? Now, if you go with defense, let's say we put a guy in that's at three, six or tight end and then defense, we go to two, five. You're left at 5,300 for two running backs, a receiver and flex. And to be fair, when you look at this running back position, not a lot of guys, obviously, you feel like you can play that are below 5,300. So it is very interesting. There are a couple of running backs that I want to talk about from this game, too. And again, this is I can game,
0: I Can I start real quick? Yeah, jump in. Uh, Raheem Mostert ran 20-plus pass yep. routes for the first time in his career. He had 11 carries and 51 yards and he's the guy that's popping for me right now. Do you have any interest there?
2: My issue with Moser, I like him. I think he's fine. I think the price tag of 4,500 is great. And that's the encouraging part. My only worry is, let's not act like we know what's going to happen with Raheem Mostert. Like, if I I told you hold to, like, week three, week four, week five, week six, the next four weeks, predict what's going to happen with Raheem Mostert. Write it down on a piece of paper and then put it away and then look in a month of what your prediction was. I bet it'll be wrong, right? Like, I just – I don't think we know exactly what is going to happen. So, yes, I think that 4500 price tag is enticing, and I am going to consider playing him. But let's not act like it's just, like, his backfield now for good. unless Unless we – unless we see more like, you know, maybe coach quotes and stuff like that maybe that helps, but you just never know if Chase Edmonds gets in the game and he rips off like a big 45 yard run, he just like earns like more opportunity throughout the game. So we have to understand that if Raheem Mostert is going to be 33% owned, which I don't think he's going to be, but let's just say like an egregious number. Imagine if he has a bad game where obviously Chase Edmonds could come in there, that could change things. So, I want to know what his ownership is going to be. That is going to be the key thing of how to handle guys that are fragile, right? Like Daryl Henderson's a great example. We saw Daryl Henderson last week. He was not good. And he was higher owned. And yes, some of his ownership did go down uh, on Sunday morning because of some conversations that were going on around Twitter. But overall, I think Raheem Mostert, I agree with you, Holden. He's someone I'm going to have on my list. And when I go through and like, you can go to my three max stuff. Raheem Mostert will be on there, but I will evaluate it Saturday night and then say, does he deserve the stay or should he get off the list? That's something I think you need to think about. And then Devin Singletary, can we mention him? Because I, man, maybe I'm just going out on a limb on this and I'm sure everyone's going to play Monday morning quarterback with Devin Singletary. This guy sucks. Why does he even get the work? It's like, well, let's, let's think about this. Week one, how did that game play out against the Rams? Devin Singletary, it was his half, the first half. He was doing everything it felt like. Yes, Zach Moss was in there a little bit, but he was very much involved. And then what happened in that third quarter? He was involved to lead the game, and then they just stopped going to him. I mean, I had that under, and I was sweating it, and I was texting JJ about it. I was like, we're, we're going to get lucky here, right? Zach Moss is going to be in the game and like end up like helping us get home. And he's like, no way that actually happens. And look, it did happen. And then what happened last week? They play the Titans, and the Titans are absolute trash. They know they have this game where they're literally just – Wait, wait, wait. Are and- the Titans really trash or are the Bills really – They good? were the
0: first two weeks they, were, they hadn't looked good.
2: I don't think the Titans are that good. I mean, what mm-hmm. like maybe my, my, maybe saying trash is a little egregious, but I don't think that's like, I don't think the Titans are a top 15 football team. They might even be in the bottom 10. I don't think they're that impressive at all. And by the end of the year, they might easily be bottom 10 because they might just go from Tannehill to, uh to what's his name? Malik Willis. Right. And then that just might turn into an absolute train wreck, but that that's for other reasons, right? That's to evaluate a situation, but um, I'm not the biggest backer of this Titans team. And I just think it's a spot where, Devin Singletary's price tag and the opportunity that he has can't be ignored. Like here's one question in debate we could have holding about the running back position, like Miles Sanders or Devin Singletary. I think everyone would be like Miles Sanders by a mile, right? Holden. That's what it feels like. Would you agree?
0: Uh, off the top of my head? Yes. Cause they'll look at him because he gets uh, more work. At least that's what yeah. you think he does. Right. What's Singletary
2: getting eight to 10 touches? But, but, but is he normally going to get eight to 10 touches? Like both those, like, what if the game's competitive? Have we seen the bills in a competitive game yet? Mm -mm. So if the game, it's like an if then statement, if the game is competitive, then we probably don't see as much Zach Moss. We'll still see Zach Moss, but maybe not as much. And James Cook ain't getting the ball as much too. So I think overall, there, this isn't a bad buy low spot, especially when everyone's trying to say Miles Sanders, the better play when that dude had zero touchdowns last year. I mean, let's be real. Like, uh, yes. And Josh Allen is the goal. i back. Totally agree. But in tournaments, there's some interesting leverage opportunity with him. That's all I want to say with him in this game. And then Chase Edmonds. He could obviously be interesting, too, if he gets that work back as well. But um, running back is seeming to be a very thin position overall. And that's why I think we need to mention these super cheap options. So we can jam in some of these really good top end receivers on our teams, like Stefan Diggs, like Tyreek Hill. I want to jam them in there. They're all great plays and they're all going to be very high on the list of options I'm looking at, but I want to see what their ownership is going to come in at. And I think overall, Waddle gains more ownership than Tyreek Hill and it's going to make Tyreek Hill a better tournament play overall.
0: Uh, Spread last week, Uh, Mangone had a comeback and owned you. We'll see if he owns me this week because I want nothing to do with this backfield. Uh, Allen could steal the touchdowns. Singletary is just getting his, his carries They'll work Moss into it a little bit. I don't think they'll use James cook guys. I know that there was a uh, comment. There's four guys. They're rotating cook. Got a lot of work. Cause it was a blowout. They don't. Uh, th- this kid has not earned their trust yet, but boy, um,
2: I mean, he, he fumbled week one, right? Of it's course, it tough. makes so much sense when you're yeah. playing the Titans and you're up forty-one-seven. Yes, it's James Cook's time to need yeah. him to rock. Like he's touching to, the ball. Yeah, uh-uh. like if I told you, hold on, like let's say I told you that one running back had uh, fifteen touches and another running back had thirty touches. Okay, but the guy with fifteen touches had all goal line work you'd be like, man, that's a lot more, that's better uh, opportunity than the 30 guy possibly. And like, maybe that number is a little ridiculous, but the point I'm getting at is James Cook's touches don't matter if Miami stays in the game. Now, if Miami is losing 41 to seven, yes, then James Cook is going to eat into other people's work. It's just very simple. So I just think it's a buy low spot where you're going to hear everyone talk badly about him and all these running backs have been trash. So why not take a chance on a guy that, is not going to be owned, that people do not want to roster from the best game on the entire slate. And he'll also leverage other plays. And it's from the best offense in the league. You don't want to invest in a running back from the best offense in the league.
3: All right. Let's- Hey, Holden. Yeah. Do you think- What do you think? Will Travis call the Miami Dolphins trash if they get absolutely blown out by the best team in the NFL? I mean,
0: now you're just picking on the poor guy. I'm just (laughs) saying this. I'm just saying this. Like, when when I look at this slate, the Buffalo-Miami running backs in a committee, one with a running quarterback, just don't pop. But – Hey, Mangone's been right, so I'm not writing it off completely. It's just not on my radar. All right, guys, we just spent we some. We can't want act to... like
2: what we've seen after yeah. two weeks, holding. Like this is this is such an important point to bring I up DFS wise. We I know, my, my buddy said this to me, and he was he's spot on with it. Week one, what is it? It's everyone that go thinks about week two, and they say, "Oh, we saw this, and there's too much bias that way." And then what happens is people realize, "Oh, you know what? Like we were kind of wrong on that, but something that I've seen twice, there's like." a huge bias towards that. Like I have a big enough sample now and I know everything. Like again, write these things down on a piece of paper, check it in four weeks and then be like, man, I was wrong here. I was wrong here. I was wrong here. Instead of saying, I know what's going to happen, take advantage of the field thinking they know what's going to happen and then pivot to other things that make more sense. That's the way I think we we should be playing DFS. Yes, there are some things that are going to be constants. Like Cooper Cup last year, we'll understand every single week he's just going to print. It's just going to be simple. But I think taking advantage of the field is the thing that we need to be doing.
0: All right. We've spent plenty enough time on that game, but it is a pretty good game. I'll tell you that much. It's probably the number one game of the week. Uh, this is picking winners spread from the bet side, Mangone from the DFS side. And as uncle T said, holding from the nerd side. So we're doing very, very, very good today. Hit us up in the chat. I love all the thoughts that are going down today. I love everybody saying Hi. And whether you're watching this uh, live or on tape, uh, tape, who says tape anymore, or just a replay, hit the like button, help us out. It would be wonderful. It's the only reason we ask. The only thing we ask of you, we give you this great content. It's all we ask you. <laughs> takes you literally one second, maybe less than that, to do so. Also, if you've not yet subscribed, man, we hit 10,000 followers and now it's just going bananas. We're unstoppable on the YouTube. Uh, subscribe. Bottom right-hand corner, little red button. Let's get into our second game here. Now, it's Kansas City at Indianapolis. I want to say this. The Colts' offense has been dog shit. They have been shut out seven of nine quarters. Remember, they played an overtime quarter. They have scored in two of nine quarters, and they played the Texans and the Jaguars. So this is this is a very, very shaky start here for the Colts, but we do have a situation where there's six-point dogs at home against the Chiefs, A healthy total of 50 and a half spread. That's six points on the roads a lot. But I mean, Matt Ryan has done nothing to make me think that he's going to be competent at this point. Although there have been some, there have been a couple of explosive plays. He gets Pittman back. Maybe that changes my mind on some things. But what do you got here with a side and a total with the Colts hosting the Chiefs?
3: Yeah, that was a common theme on our previews. I was really down on Matt Ryan. And this addition, I I wasn't impressed at all at what I'd seen from Atlanta. And I've said it before, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have everyone messed up thinking it's normal uh, for quarterbacks to continue this high level play. Uh, late into their thirders. I think Matt Ryan is completely done. And once again, uh, Chris Ballard's assembled a great 52-man roster and then left out the most important piece here, uh, trying to get a washed-up veteran. Boy, uh, (laughs) maybe they should have probably made a move uh, for Jimmy G, but we'll talk about that at a different time. Until I see it from the Colts, I can't get behind them. And I know we're worried about laying points on the road but here's the situation. We want to do it with explosive offenses. We want to do it with teams like the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. They have not lost a step. Uh, without Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes has seen what's going on over there in Buffalo and he's pretty excited right they told me couldn't do it without Tyreek now you know they're saying is he the best quarterback in in the NFL I think they're going to continue to run up the score Uh, I think this one's a fairly simple handicap until the Colts show something that shows that they're going to be competitive with these top teams in the AFC I'm going to continue to fade them give me the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Ooh, little chiefs. We got a lot of like favorites, road favorites here. And like I said, I get uncomfortable betting anything more than three. This might be a game that kind of bucks it though. Right. Damn. Kansas city looks good right now. You want to, you want to bucket
3: with those great offenses, right? Yeah. You don't want to bucket with like a Pittsburgh Steelers Steelers grind them out type of team. Right. You Mm -hmm. want to do it with these high powered offenses and especially with teams that have something to prove. And I love where Kansas City's at uh, with the team that's accomplished so much, but yet still has that chip on the shoulder, feeling like they're being doubted heading into the season.
0: All right, Mango. Let's get to the DFS side of things, because here we go. Another game that looks really sexy. Uh, second highest implied total on the slates. The Chiefs at 28 and a half, Buffalo at 29 and a quarter. So you got a higher implied total by Kansas City this week. Uh, the interesting thing here, I want to start running backs, though. Edwards Elair has been very involved on the ground in the passing game. Niamh Hines, if you think the Colts are going to play from behind, probably should get more work. And where are you sitting on Jonathan Taylor at 9K? Because I'm thinking we're getting him at sub 10% again.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with spread. Though. I love I love watching this Chiefs team playing with a chip on their shoulder. I love playing with a chip on my shoulder. It's always fun. But uh, I will say the the old Colts, like, Man, uh, Matt Ryan needs to get a chip on his shoulder because that thing is rough out there. He needs to figure it out. He is absolutely a disaster. That's my big fear for this team. Like, uh, and one thing to like is like we haven't talked about defenses. We don't talk about it much. Kansas City defense got to be in play, right? Because I assume what's going to happen is KCD is going to be up and Matt Ryan dropping back and slinging the ball. That is a recipe for disaster. We saw the Jaguars defense drop twenty-one last week. Certainly, the Chiefs could do something like that. So. I think you got to consider that maybe a little correlation with the Clyde Edwards layer. because Clyde Edwards has been getting some work. Uh, only issue is some of his, his price tag has gone up a little bit where it's a little uncomfortable. Like, you know, we never love roster at like five eight or five five, got a roster at six three. This does look like a little bit of a different uh CEH, so I think he's going to be in play and an interesting option. Uh, Juju's price is five five, that's not bad, but the real price tag we got to talk about here in this game is Travis Kelsey, 7.9k, a guy that can break any slate. If he goes for 40 DK points, no one is batting an eye at all. But do we want to pay that price tag? That's my big concern. I don't know if I'm going to get there this week. He's going to be low owned in tournaments though. So if you want to take a chance on Travis Kelsey, not going to tell you it's a bad idea, but one thing I would do with my lineup is if I plug Travis Kelsey in, put him in there and then take out Kelsey for some other option. And then like, that's like a lot cheaper. And then see how many upgrades you can make for your lineup. It might be worth it. So just, be on the lookout for that. Maybe when you kind of run your projections and you run some stuff, maybe go in and look at like where the Travis Kelsey teams are and how far of a projection drop off it's worth it and or see if it's worth it. And then from there, evaluate the ownership differences and see if that's going to be you know worth the gap. So I think that's very important to discuss. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 9K. Certainly you can play him. If you are going to play Jonathan Taylor at 9K, you probably want to run back on the Chiefs. Maybe it's Kelsey, maybe it's Juju, but you do probably want someone from that passing game because that would lead to a script of Colts are possibly leading this game and controlling it on the ground. And then the Chiefs got to play a little bit of catch up. So uh, overall, it's a good game, but I don't think a lot of people get to it as much as you think, because I think they're going to struggle with some of these price tags.
0: All right, guys. They're hey, going to struggle with
2: Jonathan Taylor's place. Yeah.
0: Price. Yeah. Um... That's BS. I was on him last week. Who are you talking about, uh, Uncle T? Who are you talking know, about? I have no idea who he's talking about. Was I on Kansas City or Indianapolis? I'm not sure. I don't think I'd be on Indianapolis when Pitna was down, so you tell me, Uncle at. Uh Like button, you guys are being a little hurtful right now. 90 watching. We'll have about 2,000 by the end of the uh, week. So... Get that up. Come on, guys. Stop being jabronis. Uh, Philadelphia, Washington. Ah, yes. Uh, I didn't include the game when I sent Mangone the list of games we were going to get to because I had a feeling he was going to go to this. He loves Washington football games. And you love Philly games, too. And why not? Uh, We've got a lot of scoring in these games. But let's get to the betting side first here, spread. Another six six and a half point favorite on the road that is a lot in a division game 47 and a half is the total do i think the commanders suck absolutely do they suck enough to back the Eagles at six and a half on the road. Talk to me here. What do you think? And what do you think? Oh, did did you
3: go through the playbook and just pick out all the games where I have these numbers straight exactly with what I have the not read? It just I haven't take the a playbook stand. yet. Okay. You no, just yeah, got I, it had, done. I had it really close. And I, I had, had to go to friend. the
0: dispensary. I mean, come on, man. Oh, okay. I got priorities over here. I'm I didn't not- have time <laughs> to read the, the betting playbook. I got a couple well. of days for that. I'll be pretty excited for the old guys pod in here and here and now
3: because uh, after chubby. the performance last week, um, <laughs> we can really hear it about a half hour in. Um, so I actually have these numbers um, right right on. I, I And that actually makes me happy, right? I, I was telling Tyler when we're going over everything yesterday, I said, well, when I have a lot of these numbers going exactly with the sports books, I'm actually feeling pretty good. I don't want to have an edge on 12 of the 16 games. Then I'm worried that I'm doing something wrong. So unfortunately. Uh, Hold. then I can't just uh, rely on the numbers here uh, to give me a pick. I'll tell you what, like I lean Philadelphia, uh, but I don't want to lay it. I don't really want to get involved in this game. And even looking at the total, uh, I came up with around 48 and and it's a total of 47. Um, So I do like the over here. My worry is that the commanders don't do their part uh, to get me there to the total. So what I will do. Uh, to get around that is I'll play the Eagles team total over and not worry about what Carson Wentz and his commander's uh, offense does. So 27
0: and a half spread. Yes. That's healthy. That's healthy.
3: So, uh, but I do like it. I I think the commander's defense still has um, some issues and I like the way that this Eagles offense looks not to mention with Carson Wentz uh, beyond the helm in a presser situation, uh, we probably can count on him for some nice turnovers, some nice field position. Give me that short field. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown and company can take advantage. So um, I don't love this game, but my favorite look is the Eagles team total over.
0: Okay. Mangone, I know you love this uh, from a lot of different sides. You could go to quarterback with Hurts, maybe even Wentz. You know, once kind of paid off. Running backs galore. Sanders, Gibson, um, if, you, if you think that the – Commanders are going to fall down. Maybe J.D. McKissick is in the mix. And then at wide receiver, uh, A.J. Brown in a great spot. McLaurin yet to – well, did he have the week one blow-up spot? I'm, I'm looking for him to blow up. Smith got a lot more involved. Curtis Samuel has got to be in your player pool. Dotson on low targets has really stepped up. But I think the one thing a lot of people in DFS missing right now, this Washington wide receiver core, pretty good. And then you throw Logan Thomas into the mix. We got two good tight ends too, Mango.
2: Yeah, it's definitely pretty good. I mean, one thing to obviously like is they're playing a lot of 11 personnel. Um, and because of that, you're going to get McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel on the field a lot. They're also scheming Dotson open. Antonio Gibson, right now it's his backfield until probably Robinson shows back up. So uh, the opportunities are there. And Carson Wentz, uh, the problem is the price tag. Six, three, am I dying to get there? I, I don't know. I think he's in play, but uh, this might be the week I end up being off. It is a revenge game though. Against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, uh, does it go well? Does it go well for him? Or does it go well for the defense? Who might know some of his tendencies? That's the big question to ask. Um, I do think the commanders are in in play. And betting-wise, like, I don't hate if they get up to seven, taking the plus seven, just because division rival game, to give a team seven like that, especially the way, like, the Eagles are, like, I think everyone's talking, like, Eagles could make the Super Bowl and all this stuff just because the NFC is wide open. It's like, settle down. Relax, it's division game getting seven on it washington team that hasn't looked bad they haven't looked great as well yes the lions ran all over them for sure but um i'm not totally out on this commander's team being like just a bad football team they're they're not the tennessee titans right they're 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 the oh, get
0: the hell out of here man <laughs> now you're just trolling they're <laughs> a bad yeah, football they're team. way better
3: than the Commanders.
0: they are a bad football team they're sloppy they're poorly coached there's a lot of bad things going on in Washington, but man, yeah, no. yeah, I know we're, I just, we're
2: just, we're just, we're, we're, we're throwing slight jabs at spread for fun. Okay.
0: That's okay. All,
2: you know, we're not, okay. that's not a KO punch. Like my boy, uh, McDaniels, right. We'll, we'll pick our battles for that. Not, this is not one of those. I want <laughs> Is he forget. McDaniels or
3: McDaniel?
2: McDaniel.
3: Well, I'll just he's, say he's, this. It's, it's singular, right? Yeah. McDaniel sure he's went he's to Yale
0: and I think Nathaniel Hackett went to Chattahoochee Valley community college, but I think, we'll get into that I, another I time. It,
2: I think it should be McDaniels because he's got big balls, right? As Tyreek has said, that man got big cojones. You haven't heard that one spread or not spread. Holden. You haven't heard that quote. No, I
0: mean, I'm just not talking about other men's balls right now. here. You're talking about. <laughs> nut sacks. So please continue mango and anything. Oh, man. Who it, else
2: are we looking at this? I game, can't believe friend? you haven't heard that one. It's so funny, but uh, let's go to the Eagles. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Jalen hurts. Uh, Obviously a great DFS option, 7.6 K his rushing ability is just so good. Um, I'm not going to be uh, out here just saying Jalen hurts his MVP or something after two weeks. I know people love Jalen hurts. He's better for DFS. We put him against some really good defenses in the playoffs. Th- then I want to see him impress me. So uh, I think he's great for DFS. So that's what we play. We're not trying to roster Josh Allen because he's the best quarterback or Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes. Uh, Jalen hurts just as good as them, just because of his rushing ability uh, like him for DFS. Uh, Miles Sanders, 5-5, five, five. we talked about him before. I think he's in play, but I want to see his ownership. That's going to be very valuable to me, so I want to see what that's going to be. And then I want to go back to A.J. Brown. Very, very, very explosive uh, in the first week. Last week, again, kind of like to talk about this a lot. How much was A.J. Brown needed, right? How much was he needed in that game? It seemed like they kind of got up, and then it just you watch the Vikings just unravel, and it was like A.J. Brown hit the medical tent at one point, Yes, he went back into the game, but do you need to press A.J. Brown when you're absolutely destroying him. They already got a connection, right? Why not work it up with Watkins and Smith and all these other guys? Get them a little bit more involved in the offense. That's time to kind of spread some love around, right? Get Dallas Goddard involved. When do you go to A.J. Brown? In games when, you know, you're on the road, right? Let's say this game is close to a tight division game. Where do you end up going to? When Aaron Rodgers was in a tight game and you need to get a W and the game is close in some of these division games against the, the Lions, what would he do? Let's say the Lions kept the game competitive or the Vikings. He just beat it to Devontae Adams. These division games is when you can see the game get a little bit sloppier, get a little tougher. And then what does a player like Jalen Hurts do? They lean on their guy. And that guy's AJ Brown. I- I'm looking to go to him for sure. Got that Mickey Mouse narrative. Obviously, we've talked about a bunch in play because they uh, both were the Mickey Mouse ears together. They're best friends. Uh, We're going to see a big games from AJ Brown this year. And I do not want to miss out on them. So if the Eagles are on the slate and we're talking about them on this show, I'm likely talking about AJ Brown pretty much every week. So I think he's in plan. And then I did talk about Dallas Goddard a little bit, 4.7 K pretty nice price tag on him. I think he's a really good option. And then Logan Thomas on the opposite side, 3.5. If you are going for cheap, he has not ran as many routes as I've been hoping so far, but he's clearly been involved enough where I think at that price, you just can't ignore
0: I will say this at the receiver. I don't want to mess with Darius Slay right now. I don't think that the Eagles give Terry McLaurin the Justin Jefferson treatment, Mangone. But Curtis Samuel's my man. I mean, he's just, uh, and I don't think people are going to be on him as much. I think he's another sub ten percent guy. He's got a nice little ceiling. So Curtis Samuel's the guy I'm looking at from here. Uh, anything else on this one, or can we move on to Detroit, Minnesota?
2: Not huge Curtis Samuel guy too. Uh, like him, still think the price is cheap, and they're 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 just involving in the offense in the red zone and, yeah. and all throughout. So yeah, uh, you, you have to like Curtis Samuel.
0: Okay, uh, like button would be great. Appreciate that. What's up, everybody? Justin Otters Rants. If I left your name out, uh, don't worry about it. I see you in there, and uh, we really appreciate you hopping on. Tyler's here too. That's great to see. So spread real quick. Bet side. Uh, what do you got going on on the bet side right now? Pump it up because people need to get over there if you're into sports betting.
3: All right. We've already mentioned the NFL playbook earlier. If you missed it, though, uh, it gives you numerical projections of the score for every single game. Uh, so if myself, JJ, the fax Man, or Tyler... Joey, don't have a play, but you still want to get down on a game. You can see where we're going. Maybe you want to make a a 16-team parlay, right, and and bet every single side or every single total. uh, We got you covered there. Uh, Not to mention, uh, JJ's gone a different way with the content there, bringing in the facts, man, and that – (laughs)
0: <laughs> is the most unpredictable
3: show uh, on YouTube uh, right now. So that's great. Uh, both of them have been doing very well in college football, which is fantastic for me because I don't have time to cap college football, but I want to bet it and I want to watch it and I want to enjoy it. I've been grabbing those guys' plays, having a great time. And we can't forget all the great winners uh, The Joey Work's been given out uh, on the diamond. So uh, we got you covered for all sports over at Run for Your Bets.
0: Oh, Joey Work on a heater, by the way. Yeah. I told him if the Seattle run line bet hit that I'd give him a big uh, props today. It didn't hit last night, but he still made us money. He's hitting dogs over the last two weeks. The guy has just been in Fuego. If you're betting baseball and the playoffs, Worktober is right around the corner. Joey Work, I've been tailing him for two years in the playoffs. It has been very, very profitable. Mangon we'll plug the DFS side here in a minute, but I got a couple things to talk about when it comes to Detroit and Minnesota. So... Wow. Um, First of all, Amon Ross St. Brown is 7-2 on DraftKings. Um, He should be in the AKs on DK. I will say that. Second of all, uh, you just look at the lines here. This time, it's six-point home favorites for Minnesota. Uh, Detroit plus six on the road. 52.5 is the total in spread. I'd just like to remind you, unders are hitting at a 69% clip. They're 22-10 so far this season. How about an under 52 and a half in this one, what do you think? Holden, did you look at the playbook? I told Finally, you I've not gotten to gave, it yet.
3: I, I had to go to the dispensary I, and feed the cake. It was a rhetorical question. I All just right. wanted to plug the playbook one more Jeez. time because we have this game coming in at 49.2 <laughs> yeah. uh, on a total of 53 and a half. This is one of the few games uh, where we found an edge. We also like the Vikings. Here uh it's down to five. I have them winning by seven. Um, so I like the Vikings and I like the under. You mentioned it earlier. This is a great bounce back spot uh for this offense, getting back at home. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles defense that was a really tough matchup. Now they go against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. We were excited about the addition of Aiden Hutchinson. He showed us why uh with those three first half sacks. Thank you, Simon. Uh, but What happened was he got hurt in the second half. He was in and out of the game. And one player doesn't make a defense regardless. Okuda is really yet to pan out. Maybe he still will. uh, But that looks like that might have been a mispick. We have a weaker secondary here with this Detroit Lions team. I think Minnesota is going to score fairly easily. And one thing I think they're going to learn from their game Uh, Travis mentioned it already. Uh, Dalvin Cook should be a guy that they're trying to run this team through. I expect them to be a little more conservative on offense when they get the lead. On the flip side, I think uh, they understand that DeAndre Swift needs to be involved with the Lions. These are reasons why the numbers are pointing us under. Uh, I like the Vikings as a home favorite here, and I also like the under.
0: Just so you know, you get Vikings money line under 55 and a half at plus 140. So that's something, mm. yeah. <laughs> Boost up the total. Take the Minnesota Vikings on a money line. I'm getting plus one forty. Single game parlays are not going to be profitable long term, but sometimes you're going to find some good ones. Uh, let's get to the DFS side. Mangone, you could start with Amon Ross, St. Brown, and I want to remind you that uh, John Kaminsky, defensive end for the Lions, going to miss this game. Hutchinson got banged up in the second half. I'm a little bit concerned about this Detroit pass rush to begin with. Now you take Kaminsky out of it. I think that Kirk Cousins is going to have some time here, my friend. So how does that translate to DFS? And again, Amon Ross, St. Brown, 7-2. What are we doing here? How are we not playing this guy?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I was a little worried about the uh, Detroit offensive line last week uh, You know, having some injuries, but they end up bouncing back there. Maybe the D-line ends up being okay. Just depends what you think of this Vikings team are you a believer in them or do you just think it was hey like kirk cousins in prime time just being a bum i think it's more so that i mean he's just been absolutely awful i don't understand why it's like if he's not in that one o'clock window it just ain't his thing so um i think overall i'm with you with liking some of these vikings uh dfs wise love a st brown at seven two just got to ask yourself a question are you playing waddle hill Diggs, jefferson gabe davis Mike Williams, if we got Keenan Allen out, I mean, the receiver position is just loaded with guys, and I still haven't mentioned a bunch more. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone and being a donkey, but I'm just mentioning guys. Think I'm coming up with off the top of my head. But Amon Saint Brown, he is that man, he's he's scared 7.2k. Uh, Jared Goff, the one thing to like about him, Jared Goff ain't really the, the deep ball kind of guy where like I get all those like checkdowns. Amon Amara Saint Brown, and we do play DraftKings where PPR matters so. Really good spot for him. Uh, Definitely interested in him with a, uh, you know, in a dome and a trailing game script. That's something I'm interested in. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift at 7.2K. Not a bad play you can go to at the running back, but I prefer St. Brown. He's probably my favorite play in this game. Uh, You could argue Justin Jefferson raw points wise. Yes, probably the best play in the game, but is he worth it for the price of 9.3K? That's the big question. That's the big debate to have because listen, I think Justin Jefferson's great. I think Cooper cup is amazing too, but they have to do a lot at that price tag. That's just a fact. Now, if there's other guys that can match them, like, let's say you find you can find three or four of the receivers that can have ceiling performances that match Jefferson in the mid tier might be more intriguing instead. So I think these Justin Jefferson types that are like 9.3 K and Cooper cup, I think they're great DFS plays, but I think they become more valuable when we have the bye weeks that come, we have less games because there's more opportunities for these guys to become winners on the winning lineup because of the ceilings that they have in the mid tier, so it's something I'll be thinking about. I'm not fading Justin Jefferson by any means, but when I'm building out lineups, if salary's tight, I might have to cut Justin Jefferson more than I want for a guy like a Jalen Waddle or a Mike Williams or a Gabe Davis, just to be able to get upgrades in other spots. It could be worth it. Uh, so that's my overall takeaway. I like this game. Don't know if I'm going to like stack it up all the way. It feels like a better like skinny stack spot for me where you just get exposure to one uh, play on each side. Maybe I do like an Amonra St. Brown paired up with like an Irv Smith. I mean, Irv Smith got involved a lot last week and he's still only 3.1K because of Monday Night Football, right? They didn't up that price tag enough. And some of these guys that did play on Monday Night Football, their prices got adjusted for basically what they did week one. And Irv Smith didn't play week one. So he didn't get any type of adjustment. If this game was on Sunday, Irv Smith would not be 3.1K. He'd probably be 3.7K. So overall, I think that we got to consider him. We can't ignore him, and I think he's a good play to pair up with a or Saint Brown, or you can go with Justin Jefferson. But if you do, you better have some cheap other options to go along with it.
0: Just out of the clear blue, did you guys know Cole Beasley's part of the Bucks now? We're not here. Yeah, he just signed with the Bucks. Man, that was that was wild. So Brady's yeah, got himself. Huh?
2: I don't know. I don't know if like, he's probably not going to be, if he's on the slate, I probably won't even play him because it's like first. Game.
0: Well, I mean, he, Brady's got his, you know, his little white guy in the slot and they're on the slate. It's green Bay at Tampa Bay and they don't have any wide receivers. No Evans, no Godwin. So I'm just throwing it out there. I just noticed that uh, we got two more games to get to. We'll get to the Rams and the Cardinals Then Thursday night football, Pittsburgh and Cleveland again, or Ross, St. Brown, man, the dude just doesn't stop. It is so much fun to watch him play like button. would be great. Uh, If you haven't checked out runpuresports.com yet, I highly recommend you do. There's so many things, so many things um, that we have going on there core plays. So all of our analysts give you their best lineups. You got to leave three spots open, but you can fill in the other three. You get big T's player pool. Every single player that he has in his pool every single week, you get that Tambo. JSU hoop, of course, who's been absolutely crushing things. Mangone with the three. Hey, talk about the the three max that you got going there. I tailed for the first time, enjoyed it. Great content. Mangone, what are you putting up there for three max?
2: Yeah. So I basically talk about like, you know, approaches that's taken single entry three max. I put three core plays up one for single entry one for, and then two for uh, what you do in three max. I, I put my, my pool of quarterbacks. I put my pool of running backs receivers and tight ends and then defenses. And I, along with it, I have the stacks. And uh, last week, one of my favorite ones to go to was the Carson Wentz one. Um, so yeah, I basically talk and I have a little strategy breakdown where I kind of go to each like tier, like quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, talk about things that I like, talk about different approaches, maybe like strategy things that come up. Like, let's say everyone last week, like they were, they were spending on uh Saquon Barkley. Uh, one thing I wrote about there was I was like, everyone's paying on for Saquon Barkley. Perfectly fine. Go ahead and do that. But like, I'm not going to go there because I think it's just two I own. I'm going to go down for some other cheap options. And I talked about some of those like mid tier receivers that I like. And I, another thing that I mentioned I thought was a unique strategy to just make a very smart team and just make one slight pivot. Like in these single entry three max stuff, you don't have to go off the board and play crazy stuff. You can if you want. There is a strategy to do that that can be profitable. But one thing that I like to talk about is just here's the slight pivot that you can make off of the chalky cash lineup. And one of them I mentioned was Devontae Adams. Now I understand he did not get there, but my strategy was if I play Devontae Adams, then what am I going to play him with? Well, I'm not playing him with Dortch because everyone's doing that. And that instantly will make my Devontae Adams lineups really unique. And I refused to pay down for Dorch. I still ended up cashing. I ended up having a good three X kind of day. That's because I had guys like Tyree Kill in my team. I had the stack of Curtis Samuel with a Carson Wentz. I just made sure I'm not playing Dorch. I'm not playing Dorch or one of those pivots in that range. If I go to a cheap receiver, it's a guy like Samuel at the lowest, right? I just did not want to have the same type of build as the field that's playing their like cash lineups in there and just these chalkier builds. I want to play good plays that are chalk, but I don't want to play them all. I want to play some of them and I want to find slight ways to make my team different from the field. So that's kind of some of the stuff that I talk about doing. And I got lucky at the end. I literally made a, a quick change. I got off Joe Mixon, changed it to Tyreek Hill. And that was a big difference in me cashing and not cashing. But those are some things that, you know, when you kind of build out your lineups, you really need to think about. And I looked at the ceiling and I was like, I just think Tyreek Hill's ceiling is better. And yes, it was way better. And those are things that I discussed in the breakdowns as well that are important. And you don't have to tell exactly what I'm doing. If you want to tell what I'm doing, I'm perfectly fine with it. But this type of like conversation helps get you to think in a better tournament mindset. It helps you to think, Hey, maybe you're looking at a team at like 1255 and you say, you know, mango talked about like mix versus verse Tyree kill and he attacked a higher ceiling. And maybe you're looking at two plays and you're like, wow, this guy's ceiling is like eight points higher than the other. What am I doing? I'm trying to win a tournament here and maybe you'd end up deciding to take that play instead. I'm just trying to help you think through your decision-making by reading through some of my thought process.
0: All right, guys, uh, you're being uh, you're being buttheads because you're only got 40 likes. So if you're watching this uh, after we taped it live, well, we're probably a lot higher. But come on, what does it take you one second? We only got 40 percent of the people there. Take the one second and don't be a jabroni. So spread a stare. One four o'clock game that we want to talk about because there's some great ones early on. I know that people are going to be on the Packers and the Bucks. They're going to want to see the two old guys go at it there. Uh, we have a crappy Falcon Seahawks game, Jacksonville, the Chargers. So the one really good four o'clock game to me is the Rams at the Cardinals. we got a three and a half point favorite on the road for LA total. Here's 48 and a half. And we saw Kyler Murray with this improbable comeback run around for 30 seconds, scoring touchdowns. Uh, ultimately he looked like garbage until late in that game, but What do you think of the Rams here? On the road, laying three and a half. uh, As a Raiders fan, it sucked to watch Kyler pull that comeback
3: off, but as a better, it gave us a great opportunity to back the Los Angeles Rams this week. We saw what happened Mm. when these two teams uh, played in the playoffs last year. And and that's what Kyler's going to do, right? And we see this in the NBA as well, where these great athletic guys that may not be um, championship caliber players, uh, just get it done against crappy teams and against terrible squads, right? And I think that's what we saw Kyler do. Now he's got to go against uh, a Rams defense, of course. This defense won the Super Bowl, the best uh, defensive player in the game. Aaron Donald out there, Jalen Ramsey showing flashes of his old self, getting that game-winning interception uh, last week. And this is a Rams team that uh, should know about keeping their foot on the gas after they already gave up uh, that big lead and became another team to succumb to a huge comeback. In week two, they were able to pull it off, Uh, but I love that wake-up call uh, for the team. I think Stafford's just going to continue to get better here uh, as the season goes on. We know that he missed a lot of reps uh, in the OTAs and the training camps due to that uh, elbow injury, Uh, but now it's all hands on decks. His team knows it has to go down, and I think the uh, not only almost blowing the lead, but the loss to the Bills is going to have this team uh, focused. I like an overconfident Arizona team coming off. Uh, a game they should not have won uh, and I'm not really too high on this Arizona defense overall I think the Rams are going to be able to score and score at well and I don't think their defense will be as pliable as the pitiful Las Vegas Raiders give me the Los Angeles Rams Holden
0: Woo-wee. let's do it little Rams again three and a half keeping me off of that maybe it's a live betting spot hopefully the Cardinals can you know get a quick field goal or something but I I'm not on this Arizona team, man. Kingsbury got lucky. He looked incompetent. Murray's running around he's making bad mistakes. So not, not big on them, but we can find some DFS guys. And I just asked the chat, this man going like you've got cup Adams, Jefferson chase, all four of the really big guns that are on the slate this week is cup number one, or would you go Adams, Jefferson or chase? Uh,
2: Man, for me, i'm, I'm kind of leaning i'm kind of leaning jefferson but i don't know i it could be wrong uh i i, I am do- i'm not like loving like spending over 9k but i am leaning jefferson uh so that's my lean but i don't like i don't have a strong take on it you know if you you're going back and say man going, and you were wrong last week on it i'm gonna i say, won't remember hey, it was fifty-one forty-nine. Mm-hmm. yeah i know you won't remember holding. that's for sure but, yeah, uh definitely. yeah i i think it's tough uh cooper Cup's a great play obviously um uh, if you are going to play him, I typically like playing it with maybe a Cardinal or making sure you, if you are going to play him, you want to play it with like a super, super cheap stack that you think like really hits and gets there. That's kind of like maybe the routes to playing it, but overall Cooper cup nine, nine, it's expensive, but we know he can produce and have a good game. Um, uh, not really dying to play Kyler Murray at the seven, three price tag. I and mean, there's a bunch of other options that I can go to. Uh, I know he did have a good game last week. Uh, you know, he was out there pretending like he was in call of duty trying to clutch things up, but uh hey, uh he, he got the job done. We got to give him credit where it's due. You know, the, the call of duty bait it didn't get in his way, it seemed like so. Kyler Murray, we'll see how he does this coming up uh game against the Rams because they are at home and the Rams, I'm not super impressed by them. So I think the Cardinals could steal this one. It wouldn't absolutely shock me, but we will have to see how it all plays out. Uh Greg Dorch, four-three. Still not a bad price tag. I think he's in play. Zach Ertz at 4'6". Don't mind him as a tight end. And then Hollywood Brown, 6K. We know he's got a ceiling. So like, let's not just write this guy off. He could easily just rip one and we would not be surprised. So uh, one last guy I need to talk about is probably the Daryl Henderson and, and Cam Akers situation. Um, Cam Akers at 5'5". Five, five. I think people are going to gravitate more towards him after what happened last week. Um, as of Wednesday right now at 1254 Mountain Time, I think Cam Akers is the better play, but I wouldn't be surprised if it comes Sunday morning and I'm like, okay, Cam Akers' ownership is a little higher than I want it to be. And he might not be as good of a tournament play. And I might get off him. It's something that just, I think we're gonna have to watch every single week. They could be a little bit more by committee than we hope. So uh, don't know what's gonna happen with that situation. We'll see who wins the job. But Cam Akers right now is currently the leader in the clubhouse to be a pretty good play. But if that ownership's high, I want nothing to do with it.
0: Man, going. What about the other side? If James Connor does miss, uh, you've got Daryl Williams at five one, Eno Benjamin at four seven. I mean, both these guys would cut into each other's ownership, so I would think they'll be very low owned. But would you want to target the Rams' running uh, rushing defense with two guys that might be splitting the time?
2: No, I'm not dying to like, play these running backs. I wish Eno you know, Benjamin was getting like for sure. Like I knew what his production would be because. I think it could be interesting for sure, uh, especially at the price tag. But James Conner, 6'2", I'm just not dying to get to him. Uh, like, if I had the salary and end up landing on it, it wouldn't be the worst thing to do. But, man, like, there's other running backs that I think i just prefer. And I'm, I'm probably going to keep a little bit of a tighter running back pool this week, and I just don't know if he'll make that cut. All
0: right, guys, we got one more game to get to. Uh, like button would be great. We'd appreciate that. we got a Thursday night game. Let me also tell you what's coming up on uh, Run Pure for our football uh, content. On Thursday, <clears throat> we got the Daily Assist. Uh, Hoop's going to break down. Some ho- some stuff on Saber Sim uh, comes up at 11. We got the Thursday Night Football Showdown Print Factory. So 11 my time, 1 o'clock. So Daily Assist at noon, Saber Sim tutorial is at 1. Thursday Night Showdown, these have been huge shows, 4.45 Eastern time. And then me and JJ will do the NFL props show on Thursday evening. Uh, The cash show will be Friday at 11 in the morning. We got the print factory talking touchdowns with spread Tyler and Kurt. Oh yeah. And then the news dump coming up at five o'clock. So we got a lot of content coming between tonight and tomorrow and Friday as well. Thursday night football, ugly, ugly, 38 and a half is the total for the Steelers at the Browns. By the way, if you're betting that last two years, uh, the under is 7-0 and on 38 and a half totals or less. The Browns are four and a half point favorites. Trubisky could lose his job this game. Kenny Pickett could come in here. It's not an easy game to handicap spread. I lean heavily toward the under in this game. What are you thinking?
3: I think it's an easier game to handicap. I'm getting four and a half in a game with a total of 38 and a half. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. This could be the one opportunity for Mitch Trubisky to be the best quarterback on the field. Maybe not the best quarterback on his team, uh, but if Tomlin's not going to start it. he'll be better. I was really disappointed in the way the Cleveland Browns uh, went out there. I was high on that pick last week, and it looked like uh, I was going to get it done there. But then Kareem Hunt stays inbound. Nick Chubb, who our priors show that, hey, this guy's aware of the clock and he takes a knee when it's necessary, uh, doesn't this time. Uh, the team absolutely blows it, and this could be one of the things that that really bites the Browns this season. This could snowball uh, with the type of negativity uh, on a franchise that already kind of has that losing stigma around it. The exact opposite there in Pittsburgh; these guys seem to get it done, uh, at least being a winning, respectable franchise. Uh, regardless of the situation. And one thing I did notice from that Jets game is this Browns defense is so reliant on their pass rush. Uh, the secondary is really taking a hit over the last couple of years. Uh, they're not covering like they used to. And I believe that Trubisky's getting get a chance uh, to look a lot better than he did uh, against a solid New England defense uh, this last week. So I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can go ahead and keep this close. They might even win outright, but give me the Steelers plus four and a half.
0: So this will be a showdown slate, Mangone, and again, it's it's ugly. You do have Nick Chubb. Uh, maybe there's some Najee Harris. There's defenses. There's kickers. This to me is going to be a low-scoring game. So, just from a showdown standpoint, is it running game, kickers, defense? Is that going to be too popular? How do you want to handle this game?
2: Uh, I don't want to handle this game. Me neither. Let's talk about it, Nick <laughs> and. Uh... Jacoby Brissett, um, this total has trended down to 38 and a half and, uh, it's probably not going to be pretty. Um, my advice is probably like, you know, if, if the quarterbacks are going to have ownership in showdown, not the worst idea to maybe consider fading them. Like, I don't know, just get goofy with it. Like consider fading some high own stuff just because it could easily find ways to not get there. Uh, Nick Chubb is probably the best play if you had to pick on that entire slate. Uh, another thing to like sometimes in these like lower scoring games that can end up getting there it could just be not a quarterback like on the winner and it could be a lot of these like short a dot guys that catch these like ppr points like deontay johnson could have a monster game because of his ppr that he gets so uh yeah i would say overall that's kind of my takeaway holden um you know i'll be doing a single entry three max content for tomorrow for it i've already Slightly put up a couple things, but uh, I'm hoping by like tonight, I can have at least some of the plays buttoned up on it, get it out a little bit early and then uh, not check it too much more after, because let me tell you, I do not love this game, but there's money to be won and we need to find ways to just make our teams different. Don't bad slate to play the chalk, right? This just chalk ain't good. So make sure you're doing some different things.
0: Just become a subscriber and go look at Tony's big T stuff. It's it it makes it really simple. Okay. It's as easy as that run sports.com and i know tony is is having a little battle with us here in denver because he's like oh east coast is the best time to watch i don't want to wait till one o'clock till the game start i also hated living in vegas though when i had to wake up at what 10 or you had to be up by 10 after partying there no, no 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 central mountain time the two best what do you think about living out in the uh, pst there spread you like waking up that early
3: yeah, man. I'm so excited. Like I was up at like four in the morning. I had to wait six hours for the games to kick off. I don't think I can make it another nine hours. So I guess because, you know, at my age, I don't really party anymore. I think it's great. I'd rather get it done. I'm falling asleep during these Sunday night games out here on the West Coast. Really? Uh, now, to be fair, uh, yeah, I'm usually pretty exhausted, man. It's an emotional day on Sunday, uh, especially, you know, the way a lot of these games have turned. I mean, um, I know we like to like say, you know, Oh, we have the edge here. We have the edge there. How many of those games just came down to something completely random this week, right? Where it was just like, this is just unbelievable. So uh, yeah, I love it out here. I'm, I'm happy with the 10 AM start, but, but to each his own, you know, probably you guys have more uh, exciting nightlife than I do.
1: No, No, I am not. I am
2: not. I I have a lot of things to say about this as someone who was in the Eastern time zone, a lot, the thing that I missed the most, right. About my, my, I think the, the start time is fine. Like watching the games at the time is fine. My problem is in the morning. I like to always wake up at 6 a.m. on the East Coast. I ain't waking up at 4 a.m. on Mountain Time. I'm going to tell you that right now. like to wake up, spread. I'd get out of bed. I'd go grab myself a bagel, right? I have like a little bit of time to do like before the craziness, just to eat a nice little breakfast sandwich and stuff. Now, no, spread. That doesn't happen. I roll out of bed. I get at like about like eight o'clock, maybe like seven thirty. I'm grabbing a coffee. I'm throwing the show on. I like to have a little bit of time just to like kind of navigating, like button up some stuff myself. I hope at some point, spread. I can start waking up at four a.m. here to make it happen, but it's not easy, spread. I I'm gonna be on the east coast. And- I mean, she's just
3: so excited, man. Like I like try to go back to sleep, and then about four fifteen, four twenty, I'm like, it's not gonna happen.
2: No, but I need that sleep to make sure I, I can. And then Saturday night, I have trouble going to sleep because I normally stay up pretty late. So I'm going to be on the East, East Coast time zone in like uh, about a week. Uh, I can't wait to get back there and have my, my old routine and everything. I like my routine and I don't know, spread. I'm going to have to find a way to figure that out and maybe change it. But I do not like the time that I'm waking up right now. And I love how I just, by the end of the day, yeah, I'd be really exhausted, spread. And I would just pass out at the end of that Sunday night football game and it was beautiful.
0: All right, my friends, this has been a fun show as always. Uh, If you missed any of it, all you got to do is just do the little thing and go back and you can watch the whole thing. It's amazing. Uh, Tomorrow night, afternoon, 445 Eastern time, the big guns, Tony, JSU, Tambo Thursday night showdown print factory. We'll be watching that try and figure out a way to make some money on a shitty Thursday night game, but it's still football and I'll still be watching it. Um, Simon, great work. Thank you. When we don't notice you, that means you're doing a great job. We rarely notice you during shows. For Spread and Mangone, like button on the way out. Check out Rumpier Sports, rumpierbets.com if you have not already. Spread Mangone, great seeing you. I'm holding. Simon, get us out of here.